Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. So we are talking about perfectionism today. I am a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> uh, so, so am I. Though, though I don't even want to say recovering because, I mean, I think... It's still with me. It's still, it's, yeah, <laughs> same here. And um, I'm going to say something about perfectionism that I know, uh, I already know that Pete disagrees with, uh, <laughs> though I think it's important to start with because this is a, a big thing I focus on when I'm talking with patients is I actually think all humans are perfectionists in some way. Yeah, well... I <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, I think maybe the humans that you interact with and that I interact with most, I think, you know, but I do think in general, like there's a lot of people who don't, you know, failure to thrive. This is a concept within psychology where there's some people who don't actually achieve much, if anything. Well, so so, uh, that's where I want to sort of reframe the idea of what being a perfectionist is because I think- What is it? Well, let let me, let me tell, let me tell you, Pete, (laughs) let me tell you, because what you're describing is, I think, what most people think of as a perfectionist, somebody that- is very overtly rigid about things. Maybe, you know, the way that they dress or do things, their, their house is super organized, right? Like yeah. <laughs> to be honest, if you, if you came to my house, not my office, my office looks very neat, but if you came to my house, I, I, I can struggle with, with, uh, keeping, <laughs> keeping things organized. Not so if you, you might... came to my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know this, this is where we, Pete and I are different. <laughs> we call my brother's house the museum. So I think this is the genetic piece of some of these behaviors, but anyway. Cor- correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, maybe some people would be surprised if they heard me say, like, I I think that I can be a perfectionist about things, about some things. And what I really say is humans really err on that side of wanting things to be linear or go a certain way. Yeah. That that lots of times when I'm working with people, I'll say, you know, it's like a, a tendency to be perf- uh, perfectionist. People say, no, I'm not a perfectionist. I, yeah. I, I'm messy. I'm disorganized. I'm like, yeah, though we all have certain expectations of how we think our life is supposed to go, how other people are supposed to act, right? How things are going to turn out. And it's this really kind of narrow uh, view of, of, of our lives. And, yeah. and I would argue that that's a form of, of being a perfectionist. Yeah. I mean, I think that... It, it, Working primarily with athletes and high performers, all of us, you know, and I, I think even like being a professor in graduate school, like yes. most graduate students are perfectionists in some level, right? Like how else do you get to that level? You have to get all these assignments done. You have to kind of, you know, really organize sure. your life in a way that requires perfectionism. So yeah. maybe what we're saying is we have to take, we have to like deconstruct the stigma around like that it's almost a bad thing. Cause I'm like, call me a perfectionist. Thank you. Right. Well, well <laughs> you're like, bring it on. Yeah. See, I, I, well, I think I'm saying something a little different. What I'm saying is, well, no, maybe I'm not. I, I agree decreasing the stigma around it yeah. because I think we all tend that way. Like the way the human brain is wired is towards this all or nothing black and white thinking, yeah. which is really linear, really narrow. Like I would ask listeners to think about what are the things that you believe in your life should be a certain way, yeah. right? Is it that I... You know, should. Uh, yeah, should. Distortion. Oh, cognitive distortion. <laughs> should, or, or as the Al- Albert Ellis family said, famously said, uh, people should all over themselves, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which I never, I never uh, get tired of hearing. Never. Um, but it's like, think about what do what do we should about? And yeah. and I would say that that's a type of perfectionism is expecting that things have to go a certain way. Yeah. When in reality, 
life never goes the way that we, we expect that that if, in fact if we were to actually expect that we're we're going to get off track from where yeah. we expect to go that that actually makes things a lot easier yeah well and so with student athletes i immediately thought of like many of them will come with like a 4.0 and be mm-hmm. so stressed out and be like well like i work i got this i got that i'm like go get a b Yes. You know, and I yeah. do that in like a provocative way, but it's like, what, what does it actually matter? Like, a, totally. if you, truthfully, if you graduate to 4.0, that and a nickel gives you a nickel. Yes. I mean, honestly, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Like, and this is coming from a professor, you know what I mean? Like, no, I, I say the same thing to students yeah. that, you know, uh, it's, it's not, it's not going to massively change the outcome no. of your life. And, and in fact, like having these off track experiences, yeah. dare, I, dare I say mistakes sometimes or errors, <laughs> Ooh. right? Ooh, right. Th- that's actually, that's actually where we do most of our learning. Yeah. You know, there's, um, you know, something that I like to share with students is that in behaviorism, of course, you know, I'm going to pull in the, pull in the behavioral science card there here, she goes. right? There I go that when something doesn't work, like there's an outcome that we don't want for whatever reason, like we make a mistake, something happens to us that we don't like. In behaviorism, that information is just as important as an outcome where something works the way that we want it to, right? It's just like, this works, this doesn't work. And then that informs what we do next. It's about the process, not the outcome. And I think it's such a cliche thing. And I think that's gotten overutilized, but the truth is it's about the process and the process is not always winning. Or not, no. always, you know, getting things like you think they're going to be. Well, Pete, I'm wondering how how do you then help people to buy into this idea that it's yeah. the process, not the outcome? Because I, I love that that expression as well. Which, by the way, I I don't think it's overused out in the world. I think in our in our third wave community, in our, in our offices, <laughs> yeah, in our offices. But, uh, yeah, how I mean, do you buy do that? in? Like for me is and and is usually through some mindfulness practice. So when you get to this idea of acceptance, so like for me, when I first started teaching, I would like not eat like two hours before class. Like I didn't want, like I wanted, I wanted to have all the information prepared for class. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have everything aligned just in case a student asked a question that right. maybe I wanted to, or I didn't want to have to go to the bathroom. You know, yeah. so like it was these things yeah. like, you know, make you. Yeah. Make, and, and the truth now it's like all that has gone to the wind because I'll, you know, eat, prepare, not prepare, just kind of get in front of class. So that I learned through my Zen practice, through mindfulness practice, through this acceptance base of I'm, I'm totally okay with being imperfect. And I've been, I've been writing a book for a long time in my head, like we all have. Uh Um, And it's, it's about perfecting imperfection, you know, because yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, I'd love to read that book. I, I think a lot. <laughs> I think I will benefit Probably, from it. It's in your head too. <laughs> Pro- probably is. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah there, there's a saying that, that I really love. And I, I unfortunately can't remember where I read this, but I share it with people a lot, which is human imperfections aren't flaws, they're features. Yeah. And then I think the second part of the quote was like, so get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but the idea being that like, this is actually like built into our design, which I think a lot about in, in meditation, you know, that I'm always coaching people when you sit down, like the idea isn't like you stay in the present moment, you know, yeah. and that you focus, it's that you actually go in knowing that your mind's going to get off track. It's going to wander places and that yeah. the choice is to, to come back. And I think that's really hard for people to, to accept actually. Like in general, that they're gonna like mess up or that things aren't gonna go their way, you know. I for me, it's liberating. I'm like so thankful that I get to mess up. Well, 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 same, <laughs> same though. This, you know, to be clear, you and I have <laughs> done we've that done the, work for a long time and continue for a long time. That's like so. So for somebody listening, that's thinking like, 
freeing. Like, why yeah. would that be freeing to, to because mess you up don't need a 4.0? So know, say so, more about that. Help people so in that understand analogy, why they don't. Because our culture is so built around you. Ugh. You know, well, I mean, I've I've had people come to the office, and you know, I had one adolescent years ago, years, years, years ago, because I don't see adolescents. But mm-hmm. I was doing an evaluation, and it was his birthday, and the I was talking to him about that, like you know, building relationship during the evaluation, and he, I was like, oh, so what's gonna, what are you gonna do for your birthday? And he was like, nothing. He's like, you know, I have homework to do and I have like mm-hmm. dance recital and this and that. And I was just like, so when I went out to talk to the parents at the end, I said, you know, for what it's worth, maybe allow this kid to be a kid today, you know, on his birthday, you know, and obviously I didn't want to like insult their values and also like the perfectionism that I just yeah. felt was just leading to this really unhealthy living. So I think it, it, for me, it's about early intervention, you know, trying to catch these things, er, you know, early, yes. early on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I agree. And I, and I, it always breaks my heart a little bit when I'm working with adolescents or college students who, you know, they're like telling me how, you know, for their summers, they're going to load up on an internship and all this stuff. And and I literally say to them, I'll say, would you like to know what I did during my summers and my friends? They're like, what? I was like, well, I was a swim instructor. Yeah. Uh, My friends were surf instructors and, you know, waiters. (laughs) And I'm like, and now they're psychologists, doctors, lawyers, you know, I was like, it doesn't would do anything to get that time back. Yeah. But, yeah, totally. Yeah. But you know, you know what that's like. I mean, I do you don't see, you don't see that side of it then. It's like, I had an athlete once when I was coaching mm-hmm. who like was, he wanted to be a real student. Um, mm. and, you know, so he wanted, he didn't want to be a student athlete anymore because he wanted to have like the college experience and he was so talented, a swimmer. And, um, you know, he came to me, he's like, I'm going to quit. You know, I want to have like two years of being a regular student. I was just like, this is, I'm like, you're, this is going to sound so annoying and I'm sounding like just another old folk in your life, mm-hmm. but like, you will not get these four years back. You know, it's like four as an undergrad, like four yeah. years as a student athlete that, yes, I know you want to get to this end goal, but just if you can, and he ended up quitting, you know, and, and um, we stay in touch via social media these days. I, I'm, I'm, I don't think he regrets his decision. I'm sure he doesn't, but I would wonder, you know, that would be an interesting sort of question to ask him because I think looking back, like you mm-hmm. said, like, I think I would have done some things differently. You know, I think that's, that's part of perfectionism. If we go back to that, cause yeah. you're judging. Yeah, well, yeah. yes, you're judging that, that it was the wrong thing to do. Right. Well, and I think, you know, it's worth bringing in here that part of uh, amending or shifting perfectionism is to help move towards being more flexible in That's our right. behavioral responses and, right. and behavioral being how we think about things as well, our, right. our covert behaviors, what we're doing inside of our bodies. That's right. And it's, it's just, I want people to know that that's, that is a behavior that they can learn to do. They can learn to become more flexible, to let go of, of the rigid linear paths that our brains are constantly telling us. They'll be us happier to too when they do that. They, they will. Well, and the, and the research demonstrates that. It's actually sure. one of the most consistent things is that uh, the more psychologically flexible a person is, the more yeah. psychologically well they are, right? right. Yeah. But again, like our brains are going to default back to the perfectionism. And I think that's, yeah. that's another funny thing I see a lot with people, which is, you know, then they get perfectionistic about not being a perfectionist. I know. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, you know, get stuck on this. And I'm like, well, and then that's the thing that's going to keep happening. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the thing that's going to keep happening. Well, and I think even like parenting, you can see perfect. And even if it's like oh, your dog, yeah. you know, like yes. you, know, you want to have the best well-behaved dog at the dog yes. park. Yes. Which, you know, is, <laughs> well, 
it's often the case, but not always. Not not always. Well, certainly not my <laughs> certainly not my last dog, which we'll talk about in a future episode. Yeah, um, yeah you know. So again, I just kind of coming back to this idea as we're talking about it, Pete. I'm wondering if if my uh, my theory that all humans are perfectionists in some way. I wonder if that's you know if, if, if it's shaping you in any way here. At all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I mean, so yes, I get it from like a biological perspective ish, but frankly, I, th- you know, so I think of, so, you know, one, uh-huh. one, one area for me that I struggle with clinically is like really like severe depression. And it's something mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't treat very often. Um, and so I would, I would say that part of my experience with that is because of the behaviorism where there's less activation, mm-hmm. there's less, you know, in order to be a perfectionist, you have to have goals, you have to have a plan to get there. You have to have vision. And I think sometimes with like a depression, let's hear what mm-hmm. you say to this. Like okay. with a really severe, I, I, do, I do treat, I do treat a lot of yes. severe depression. Yes. You do, that was your dissertation, yeah. yes. if I'm not mistaken. It, it, it was, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, um, you know, I think for that is where I, that's where I would say, help me under, help me shape me more with that. Because I think that there are people in my experience where they were like happy with negativity. Well, so let me let me redefine the word perfectionist. So, sure. you know, again, perfectionist, the way we use it out in the world is somebody who is very achievement-oriented, who is very neat, who, you yeah. know, can't tolerate anything being out of place. And that is definitely a version of perfectionism. It's also but, OCD, but go ahead. Oh, <laughs> well, one, oh, <laughs> one type, one type of OCD, right? Ty- that's yes, right. We'll pro- probably, probably do a future episode on, we absolutely on OCD as, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what I'm actually more interested and more concerned about, frankly, yeah. is the, the murky under the surface perfectionism that I see in everybody, including myself, which is you know, maybe we can replace the word with, of like with linearness, just yeah. being linear about things, yeah. right? Like I, I've never encountered somebody that doesn't come with some set of beliefs that they believe are the right way to do things. Right. You know that I, I, I in my work and obviously in, in my own life, I'm, I'm constantly trying to help others, including myself, get curious about that there's no one right way to be a person, there's no one right path. But human beings, I think the way we're wired, it's towards this, like it's this way or that way, right? That's it's right. up or down. I mean, yeah, so that's that all or nothing. And I think, you know, so I think in in general, creating flexibility. So the truth is, if anyone is so rigid to get to the end line, mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, one of the things I think I look at socially is that oftentimes those unhealthy people have gotten to their accomplishments Mm-hmm. through that rigidity but in a really unhealthy way yeah totally yeah yeah, yeah. I, sometimes i use like the white knuckle metaphor where it's like I, they just white knuckle to get to the end or and you know or they just step on people along the way right you know well which yeah. which often doesn't align with with people's values right no it's, it's, yeah well I mean, well, I mean, depend, well, sure, like, well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> then, then we might, then we might, yeah, we might argue they don't, you know, not connected to values at all. But um, yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. And that white knuckling that people do, I also like to say bulldozing, like people will bulldoze their way right. through things, right? Yes. That, that to me is the perfectionism that you can find in anyone's life, right? Yeah. And beginning to let go of that 
is as you know, Pete, you were saying is like there's a freedom in that. Yeah. There's a spaciousness oh, in liberation. that. Liberation. Liberation. Yeah. 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 For you, what do you find in that space? Like when when it when you're when you're free of having to be perfect all the time, having to do it right all the time, you know, saying I, I can make a mistake and that's okay. What what happens in that space for you? I mean, such peace. Right. This 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 mm-hmm. this just peace of like peace of mind, peace of self, peace of you feel it physically. You know, yeah. like the, it, it's just this like calming to say. And I, I'm gonna say, I, and I know that I'm gonna sound like a hippie a lot of the time. You know, throughout this <laughs> podcast, because I think that's part of it's part of the Zen way. Yeah. Uh, you know, is that sort of hippie thing? But yeah, no, I just think it's like this this freedom. You know, this this. You know, I was talking with my partner, and and he was saying something about just like feeling like you know he's really struggling with something and I'm like you are yeah it's like and that's okay you know that's okay because we do well so what I I would want listeners to get curious about too is in that freedom in that peace that you feel yeah like then what happens like what is what does that open up space for for you oh yeah 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 well it opens up I mean it opens up for positive so you know we we try not to judge experiences or feelings yeah um and it does open up for positive opportunities. So it's yeah. it's almost like we're it's I feel like we're writing a um um oh my god, what is that called? The the what? What, horoscope. I feel like we're writing oh. a horoscope right now. <laughs> you know, because the horoscope would say something like, Hey there, Aries, you've been struggling <laughs> with something right now, let it go. Right. Find some flexibility and you're gonna have something good come out on the other end. Right, well, right. Like that's for all of us. It's for all of us. No, it is. <laughs> but, well, look, maybe maybe we have careers as astrologers. Not I, you not might to, not me. I yeah. might. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I think you could you could probably write some 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 accurate and helpful horoscopes. Th- that aside, yeah, yeah, it's it, like that. It opens up this opportunity. These opportunities, exactly that. And yeah. this is where you know I talk about this a lot. It's this fascinating paradox to me, yeah. at least that when we let go of things having yeah. to be a certain way yeah. and not only do we get that like peace and that freedom, which is in and of itself reinforcing, there's actually like literal space to try something a different way to oh, make yeah. things better. And that, that's something that I, I wish everybody could access more. And I think, you know, this is why wine mindfulness probably has spoken to a lot of people. I think yeah. that have gotten interested in it because it, it's not just about, paying attention, right? It helps people create that space and those opportunities to react um, to what they experience differently, which, which I, I would guess surprises a lot of people, frankly. And so to that, to that end, it's thinking about like flying. So if you're Mm -hmm. uncomfortable flying, holding on to the, to the Mm armrest so tightly and being so crazy anxious doesn't change the flight. No, you know, it doesn't. or if I'm so want to win this World Series that I'm just like going, mm-hmm. going, going, going. It doesn't change the outcome of the game. No, it doesn't. And and you know, it's interesting is I think a lot of people can intellectually understand that. That's right. However, experientially, the Ugh. letting go, the allowing ourselves to to yeah. mess up, it, it's it's pretty scary. You know, no, it's, it's like totally a pretty scary. you know, it's really scary and it's really vulnerable. Which I know, you know, we're going to talk about that as yeah. well um, in another episode. But yeah, like letting go of being a perfectionist, whatever you want to call, it, or or a, or a linearist, I guess. For, <laughs> Maybe we <laughs> reframed yeah, it. Yeah, reframed it. We reframed it. Coined that term, a linearist. Linearist. Yeah, it's scary. You know, yeah. it's scary to be fallible. It's scary to, you know, say like. I'm going to make a mistake or I'm going to stick my foot in my mouth or, or whatever, or, or things are going to happen to me that I, I don't want to happen to me. It's scary to make space for that. 
Yeah. Well, and so I think we're challenging, you know, we're challenging ourselves to think about creating space to go into these unknown territories um, to, and to do things differently. That's often another way that I frame it. Yeah. It's like, if you've done it one way, try it another way. Yeah. You know, well, so even infinite even, ways to try it, there's infinite ways. So like I've had, you know, people that are like, well, I do cardio on Tuesday and weights on Wednesday. Yeah. And it's like, well, what if you just switch that? Right. Because is your body really going to, you know, but they've, and they've been doing it the way for years or like we have the same breakfast every Saturday. Well, what if you have a different breakfast? Yeah. It's, it, it's a space to, to change the path that you're on and then know that that path yeah. can change again at any moment. We say crumble it up and throw it away. <laughs> That's what we're saying about perfectionism. Crumble it up, throw it away. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. And I'm Dr. Pete Economo. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.